The world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. Thank you for joining this podcast. The reading today is taken from the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 26 to 33. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again for this privilege to be able to bring your word to the world. Father, I come before you now, and I ask that you bless the sound of my voice so that those who listen to this podcast will be inspired by you, God. And I pray against every principalities and powers, forces of high places, and everything that exalts itself above the throne of God today. Let your word come like fire and thunder today. Let it pierce through into our system today. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and soon coming King. Amen. The title of today's podcast is The Grasshopper Philosophy. The Grasshopper Philosophy. According to the Cambridge Dictionary, philosophy is defined as the use of reason in understanding such things as the nature of reality and existence the use and limits of knowledge and the principles that govern and influence moral judgment. 
Around the world today, some of the best-selling books are books written on positive mental attitude. These books are written by Christians and non-Christians alike, such as Napoleon Hill and W. Clement Stones. Uh, they wrote this book called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. We also have Dale Carnegie. He wrote How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. We have Rhonda Byrne, The Secret, the author of The Secret. We have Joyce Mayer, who wrote several books, including The Mind Connection, How the Thoughts You Choose Affect Your Mood, Behavior, and Decisions. And we have Dr. Robert Schuller, who wrote the famous Tough Time Never Last But Tough People Do. So, why are people attracted to these books in the first place? I am of the opinion that it is because people want to relocate themselves from negative mental attitude to positive mental attitude. The truth is, long before these books were written, the Bible has the concept enshrined in all its pages. The trouble is that people are failing to search for it in the Bible. In fact, many of the so-called theories conveyed in these books are taken directly or indirectly from the Bible. When we experience negative things in life, for example, failures in our lives or people who have told us over and over again that we will never amount to much, we begin to believe and expect these very negative things to happen to us. We don't necessarily think it in our heads, but we believe it deep down inside of us. Then it becomes apparent when something goes wrong in our lives, the immediate reaction is to key in into the already prefabricated negative mental attitude. Nothing works for me. I know it will always turn out like this, and so on and so forth. When I was growing up, I was told many times, uh, precisely by my father, that I can never amount to anything. I'm not sure if my father meant what he was saying, but with that in mind, rather than becoming negative, I took it as a challenge and began to fight my own battles. And I said to myself, I would never allow what he said to determine my trajectory and destination in life. So I continued to fight, the fight of faith. Thank God I'm a Christian. Thank God I'm born again. And because I am born again, my life is different today. But it is not so with many people. Many people today have had a lifetime of building a negative anticipations, so it won't go away overnight. This negative mental attitude doesn't just go away. We can, however, begin the process of deconstructing those negative structures from our lives and start reconstructing it with positive mental attitude that is founded in Christ Jesus, who alone is the author and the finisher of our faith. Our key text today in Numbers chapter 13 verse 26 to 33 presents us with a vivid example of those who have spent the rest of their lives in mental quagmire and as a result reduce themselves mentally and physically to grasshopper-based philosophy. 
So they said, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. That's in verse number 33 of Numbers 13. So how did these people arrive at such a disastrous conclusion? How did they conclude that that's how they look and that's how they look like to the enemies? It's so easy to begin to write ourselves off even when we should not be doing that. Let's look at the story again. God had promised the Israelites a country of their own called Canaan. They've been slaves in Egypt. They've been wandering all around. But now God wants to give them something to become theirs. Something that they can call theirs. It was a good land that God promised. A land that flows with goodness in terms of productivity and livelihood. But not without its challenges. You see, nothing good in this world comes without challenge. And these challenges are not signs that God is not in it. They're just there to make us know that because those challenges are there, we can overcome. Without challenges, there is no overcoming. You need challenges so that you can overcome. Without persecution, there can be no perseverance. So, Moses, God's servant, sent a team of reconnaissance to the land. They went, they observed, they took samples from the land, but also they took one very important thing. And that thing they took back with them is called fear. So they came back with sample of good food and other positive things too. They reported to Moses and Aaron and all the Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. This were their report. From verse 27 to 29, we went into the land to which you sent us, Moses, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. In other words, here is the evidence. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. So here's the drama. They came back with this sample of good fruits but then they say even though good fruits are growing in the land there is another problem those people who live there are so powerful and the cities are fortified in fact you cannot get inside unless you have mighty army which we believe we don't have they started by discrediting themselves from beginning and they went on we even saw the descendants of Anak there not only that, the Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. They are saying, in other words, that look, everything seems fine, but we cannot go there because of such and such. So, Caleb, one of the spies, would not have any of that because Caleb, I believe, knows that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So also is fear. Fear comes by hearing. What you hear can terrify you. Once you allow the music of fear to play in your mind, you must dance to its tune. You cannot stop dancing to the things that you hear about fear, those things that terrifies you. 
That's why you must never listen to the words of fear. In verse 30, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Here we find that Caleb demonstrated a virtue of an individual who knows God personally. I believe he had seen God in action and found that he can be trusted. So he trusted God with his whole heart and might. And above all, he knows that it is not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the Lord of hosts. You find this in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. My brothers and my sisters, what are the Canaan's today? What are the Canaan and what are your mountains? The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You see, because Jesus leave, we can face tomorrow. We can do all things as long as they are in the will of God. Let's move on. In verse number 31, we see, But the men suffering from the grasshopper philosophy insisted. They said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. The land we explore devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. Anytime you begin to allow fear to take residence in your heart, you begin to find more and more reasons why you cannot do what you should be doing. These people are saying we cannot go. We cannot fight these people. They are stronger. The question is this. Have you tried fighting them? Have they tried fighting these uh, people referred to here? They even went as far as contradicting themselves by saying the land we explored devours those living in it. Listen to yourself, child of God. Are you listening to yourself when you start making up things for yourself, those things that are non-existent? And that's exactly what is happening here right now. All the people we saw there are of great size. In fact, they reconstructed the whole narrative of the expedition into Canaan land by painting it in a very negative light. These guys are giants. They are too big. They are of heavy structures. We can't stand them. This is because they are suffering from grasshopper mentality. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. I keep wondering, they say to themselves, we look like grasshopper. It's not the enemy saying to them, they look like grasshopper. They are saying to the, themselves, we look like grasshoppers. And we think they also see us as grasshoppers. My friend, we need to be able to know as children of God that. This is NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening.
Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Never underestimate what God can do. God doesn't need a mighty army to conquer. God doesn't need all the sophistication that this world can afford for you to conquer. All you need is faith. And that's why the word of God said, even if you have faith like a mustard seed, mustard seed is one of the smallest seed on earth. Even if your faith is like that, God will surely grant you the victory. In the Bible, there are so many stories of victories that have been won without even raising anything. You too can trust God to win your own battle. So stop suffering from grasshopper mentality. Now, the grasshopper philosophy began to gain traction within the community as with all negative news. And the result, my friends, was that the entire community became infected. Now, when you begin to peddle negative news around, it affects other people. As a child of God, your life should be positive. It should be something that energizes. It should be something that encourages. It should be something that inspires. So the whole community feel like they were grasshoppers. Because of what they heard. Because of the evidence they brought. Can you imagine such abysmal way of thinking? But that's exactly what's happened. That's what happened to these people. They listen to these negative words of fears and fear caught them. They are of no use to themselves. And there is no need to continue to pursue their dream of having a country of their own. It makes sense to die there in the wilderness. My friend, what are your thoughts this afternoon? What are you thinking while you're listening to this podcast? Are you feeling downcast? Do you feel there's no need to fight anymore? Do you feel there's no need to pursue your dreams anymore because of what you heard from the news media or because of what your friends tells you? My friend, rise up. Abandon this grasshopper philosophy and move on to the level that God is taking you to. Move on to that promises that God has for you. You don't have to die in the wilderness. There is still sense in moving on. There is still sense in pursuing that dream that God has placed in you. Have you ever feel that way, the way these guys felt in the wilderness? That there is no need to move on? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you're done on this side of eternity? This is why it's important that you go to places that will inspire you. If your place of worship is not inspiring, then you better look for the right place or you will be forced to remain in the desert and ultimately die. When I talk about inspiration, I do not mean motivation because there are differences between the two. Inspiration comes from within and drives you while motivation comes from without and pulls you and in both cases causes you to act. But the fact is this, God works from the inside out and for the devil, it is the opposite. He works from the outside to get into you. And that's why you must be careful where you go. You must be careful what you listen to. You must be careful what you watch. You must be 
careful with those you associate yourself with. Everyone that you deal with should be people or group that will help you, guide you towards that eternity with Jesus Christ. So, how does this grasshopper philosophy develop in the first instance? Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 17, consequently faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So you see my friends that what you hear make great sense when you hear them and they have the capability of altering your way of seeing things which is why i said earlier you have to be careful what you listen to if you listen to those things that are negative definitely the consequence will be negativity all the way the second thing is what you see 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 15 to 17 shows us that what you see has the potential to influence your philosophy or mental attitude. In this passage, we see Elisha's uh, servant was greatly influenced by what he saw in both realms, visible and invisible, and his philosophy was altered forever. He saw into the realm of the spirit, but first he saw the physical army gathered around their house but when the man of God prayed for his spiritual eyes to be opened he saw into the invisible and he was changed forever now that we have seen how negative and positive mental attitude can affect our mentality we must now ask ourselves what is it that influences our lives the reaction of people in our key passage is identified as grasshopper philosophy because they forgot several things about God. One, they forgot that God never breaks his promise. God is a God of covenant and he is a covenant keeping God. When he said I will, it means he will. The second thing is that the power was not in themselves. As I said before, it's not by power nor by might, but by the Spirit of God. For us to conquer, for us to overcome in our lives as Christians, as people who call on the name of Jesus Christ, we must realize that the power is not in us, but in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, we can do all things, as Paul said. Thirdly, they too were part of God's plan. This is interesting. You know, for Jesus Christ to die for you, it means you are a part of the plan of God. And knowing that you are part of a plan, a very robust plan, means that God is there to protect you. It means that God is there to see you through in everything so that his plan will be fulfilled. The fourth thing is this, God punishes for lack of faith. Now, God is never impressed with our lack of faith. And he can be crossed with us if we lack faith in him. Because at the moment we do not have faith in God, what we are saying to him inevitably is that, God, you are not truthful. God, we don't believe in you. God, you can't do it. 
This is why we must have faith in God every time. And faith means total abandonment of our own mind on God. We put everything that we have on him. That's what faith means. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For the next 40 years, this nation wandered in the wilderness undergoing very difficult time. They were not permitted into the promised land. And let me share here a few things that can help us begin this process of changing our attitude. We must agree with ourselves that the best thing to do, the first step is to resist the negative attitude in the first instance. You must stand against the temptation to be negative and fight it with everything you have. Be determined you won't let bitterness remain rooted in your life. You find this in James chapter 4 verse 7 to 8. It's a constant battle. We are known as the church militant. That's because our daily existence is resisting the enemy so that he can flee from us. Secondly, we must determine to renew our mind. Change what you allowed in your mind. Dwell on positive things like Christ's love for you, the success, your potentials, etc. Listen to music that is inspirational. Feed your mind with things that are positive until it begins to crowd out all the negative things that life has fed you. You find this in Romans 12 too. So number three, watch what you say. When something goes wrong, we tend to get upset and vocalize the negative things that happen. Things always go wrong. I can't do it right. I can't do it anymore. Instead of speaking negative, we must resist and say something positive every time. Because by the words of your mouth, you will overcome. The challenges will be there. They will not stop existing. But we are called to overcome these challenges. The next thing is change who you associate with. And let us face this. We become like those that we hang out with. If you are around those who are negative always, who are always doing what is wrong, who don't want to change, you will tend to become the same way to one degree or another. On the other hand, if you hang around people who are pursuing success in all areas of their life or who are pursuing or who are God's chasers, you also will begin to move in that direction. To understand more, read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33. Let us also note that sometimes you need to delete some people from your life. Let's read this. Jonah chapter 1 verse 15. It says this. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. 
At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Sometimes as Christians, we need to cast some Jonas overboard of our lives. Those whom we associate with who have negative influence over our lives, we must let them go so that we can be able to have a safe sailing. Brothers and sisters, let me conclude with a quote from Ron Byrne and Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Your life right now is a reflection of your past thoughts. That includes all the great things and all the things you consider not so great. Since you attract to you what you think about most, it is easy to see what your dominant thoughts have been on every subject of your life. Because that is what you have experienced. And to crown it, in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, the Apostle Paul says this, Here, my brothers, are some of the things I want you to think about. Think about things that are true, honest, right, clean, and pure. Things that are lovely and things that are good to talk about. If they are good and if they bring praise to God, think about these things. To develop your positive mental attitude away from grasshopper philosophy, you must occupy your mind with those things that the Apostle Paul talks about. And if you do that, my brothers and sisters, you are on the right track to becoming the person that God always wanted you to be. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you today for this great privilege to be able to share your word with your people around the world. I ask today, God, that as many that are feeling low just now, I ask that you strengthen them. Give them, O oh God, the insight into the things of the Spirit that they might be strengthened so that your people will be free. And if the Son sets us free, we are free indeed. And I seal this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and soon coming King. Amen.
to lift me up and let me stand on higher ground. Lord, I want to be closer to you. Lift me up, Lord. Lift me up, Lord, to a higher ground. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. for listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.